could go on a Sunday morning. Don't it feel good outside? Man, alive. It felt good when I got up this morning. And uh, then I went outside to walk over to the, uh, to the men's uh, breakfast. And it even felt better than it did when I come in. And uh, feeling, man, it's, it's about to feel like it's time to go hunting or something. And uh, so uh, I am thankful for God's goodness and allowing us to be in His house. And so thankful for each and every one of you that are here today. Lord bless you for being in God's house. That is my prayer. That's my desire. Amen. We are uh, going to celebrate Sister Wiggins' 90th birthday come Saturday, October the 25th at 2 p.m. And uh, they didn't give me a place, but I assume that will be at the gym. If otherwise, we will announce that later. It says, please, no gifts. This is a time to come and celebrate with her and uh, celebrating 90 years. Wonderful lady. And uh, live for God, I don't know how many years, but a long time before I came to Texas. And uh, so we're thankful for the godly example, uh, minister's wife, and uh, our love and desire is uh, definitely for Sister Wiggins. I go to see her from time to time. She's dealing with a terrible disease. And uh, I go see her. I say, Sister Wiggins, you know who I am? She says, I ought to. And so that's, that's where we go from there. And uh, she's not going to admit that she don't know. She just knows she ought to. And uh, so such a wonderful lady. And we sure miss her being able to attend church. So remember that, October the 25th at 2 p.m. And um, we normally, the church normally does a party for all 90-year-olds and uh, that turn 90. And we do that on Sunday afternoon. And uh, due to the family coming in, they have chose to take uh, Saturday afternoon. And uh, so when they do that, that's the reason why we kind of step back and let the, the family take care of the most of it. But if you're called on to do something, help them out in any way that you can. And uh, so remember that, Saturday, October the 25th at 2 p.m. And then the Boys Club camping trip is October the 24th. So remember that. October the 24th, all the boys' club. If you're not in the boys' club, it'd be a good time to get signed up, enlist in the boys' club. And uh, so all of you parents, all of you daddies, it'd be a good time for you to take your boys on a camping trip. Amen. Get them outside. Leave the iPads and the video games at home and take them outside to have a good time. And uh, let them enjoy nature a little bit. Sleep in a tent. Wake up with dew falling on your face with a sore throat and a sore back. But you did it in the name of love. And so remember that, October the 24th. And I asked him if, if it's okay. Brother John said, man, said people want to bring their campers. I said, boy, that really pretty much knocks me out if we can't bring them. <laughs> That's the way I like to rough it. And uh, so remember that, October the 21st, uh, 24th, and there is a sign-up sheet on the welcoming desk, so please sign up where they can make provisions for all who is going. Didn't we have a time yesterday? Man, didn't we have a time yesterday? Praise God. We want to say a special thanks to uh, the whole Hudson clan 
for inviting us out to their house and uh, opening up their property to us. We had a wonderful time, all who worked in that and uh, all who helped that be a success. And I know after these parties, uh, there's a lot of cleanup involved before and then there's a lot afterwards. And uh, we know it's a chore and we're thankful for them allowing us to do that every year. I think, what they say, how many years? 27 years that's been going on. That was a little bit before I come to Texas. And uh, so we're so thankful for that. And uh, I am thankful uh, for when Brother Buck married Sister Donna. Sister Donna just allowed it to continue on. She didn't even, well, we don't know if she boxed at it or not. But we're glad that it still happens. And uh, we are thankful for that. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And uh, so, Lord, bless them richly, and I hope everybody prayed a blessing over their house before you left. God, continue to bless them. And uh, we thank all of the ones who got different activities together. And uh, Brother Allen takes care of a lot of that. Brother Allen and Sister Angela, thank you very much for that. And uh, Brother Allen had his whistle in full force yesterday. And uh, Sister Angela was just obeying commands. I must repent before I go into the Word of God. This <laughs> so, Lord bless them. And uh, hey, if if y'all missed that skit that they done about that that power whistle that he has, Lord, you need to see that. But anyway, it's good to be in God's house, and I'm thankful that I'm serving the Lord, and I'm just excited about what God's doing. One more announcement before we get into the Word of the Lord. If you have your Bibles, turn to Deuteronomy chapter number 30. And uh, due to the uh, oversupply of food uh, that was out there yesterday, all the young people after service tonight is uh, invited to come out to the house. If you're young, if you're a teenager or a young person, or you feel young, you young married, whoever... Now, I told my wife, I gave her orders. Of course, that don't always go over too well either. But I said, look, our, our, our goal tonight is we've got food left over. So what we're going to do, we're going to serve this food until it's all gone. So don't go to the store and buy anything else. We're trying to get rid of stuff. And so she always seems to think that we need just a little bit more. And uh, so we're going to serve it. You just come on out there. We're going to serve it until it's gone. When it's gone, you can go to Whataburger. So Deuteronomy chapter number 30, verse number 19 and verse number 20. The Scripture says, I call heaven and earth to record this day unto you, against you, that I have set before you life and death, Blessings and cursings. Therefore, choose life, that both thou and thy seed may live. Now, I find it pretty interesting that Moses is speaking here, and he says, I call unto heaven and earth to record against you this day that I have set before you. He sets before them choices, life and death. Choices, life and and death, life and death, blessings and cursings. And then he has to remind them 
what choice to make. Now, if there's life or death, and there's blessings or cursing, does any, is anybody confused on what choice to make? Amen. So, both thou and thy seed may live. It's a choice that you make. That thou mayest love the Lord thy God, and that thou mayest obey His voice, and that thou mayest cleave unto Him, for He is thy life and the length of thy days, that thou mayest dwell in the land which the Lord sware unto thy fathers, to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob, to give them. Amen. Lord bless you for standing for the reading of the Word of the Lord. Why don't we, before we're... Caught you, didn't I? Before we are seated, why don't we put our Bibles down and just clap our hands unto the Lord just for a moment. Love you, Jesus. God, we praise you today. We magnify your name today, Savior. You are good. You are worthy. Somebody shout with the voice of praise to the Lord today. Hallelujah. 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 Praise God, praise God, praise God. Lord bless you. You may be seated. I want to preach to you just for a little while this morning. That's a, that's a question, and uh, that will be answered in a little while. But I want to preach to you from this, this thought this morning. And I want everybody to say this to yourself. Right choices I have made in life. Right choices I have made in life. And uh, with that thought in mind, at the conclusion of this service, we're going to do something very special this morning and very important. And uh, it's brought on by a right choice and a right decision in life. We're going to baptize Sister Shania Peavy in the lovely name of Jesus Christ for the remission of her sins. Amen. And so don't anybody go, don't anybody get in a hurry to leave this morning because we're going to have a little bit of church before we go. How many come to have church today? Amen. How many come, how many come to help the preacher preach today? How many knows the preacher preaches shorter when you really get behind him? Possibly. (laughs) No promises. But right choices I have made in life. Now, most of the time are Focuses upon wrong choices, bad choices. How many's ever been reminded of bad decisions, bad choices? Amen. We've all made bad choices. We've all made bad decisions. But this morning, when I think about the things of the Lord, I want to talk about some right choices and some right decisions that we have made in life. Moses is speaking to the children of God. Although Moses did not lead them into the promised land, he led them to the borders of the promised land. Moses' time was up, and uh, need I remind you of some of the reasons why Moses did not go over into the promised land was simply because that people worried him and, and uh, pressed upon him so much that he made a bad decision. And the Lord told him to speak to the rock, and Moses smote the rock. And uh, this has great 
uh, uh, revelation unto the things that would come. And so he disobeyed the command of God, and God took him as far as to the mountain and let him see the promised land, but never got to enter into the promised land. His time of departure was at hand. And Moses was speaking to the children of Israel. And he said, Therefore I am going to give you choices. Living for God is a choice. It's always a choice. It's not something that you are forced into do. It's not something that you are made to do. It's not something that somebody ties you up or makes you do. It's not something that we're going to cut off your head if you don't do it. But living for God is a choice. Now, we know that there is different religions that does not look at it as a choice. If you're born into a certain area, it's demanded of you to worship a certain God, which is not God, which is a false God that man has concocted in their mind and in deception has forced people to surrender unto this God. But I'm glad that serving my God The God that loves me, the God that went to Calvary for me, has given me a choice in life that I can choose what I want to do. So Moses is saying, even to the children of Israel that comes to the borders of the promised land, he said, there is a choice. He said, I'm laying before you life and death. I'm laying before you blessings and cursings. Therefore, I... I I want you, and this is what I desire you to do, is to choose life, that you both, uh, thou and thy seed, may live. And then the Lord, the 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 Scripture goes on to say that thou mayest, uh, that thou mayest love the Lord thy God, and uh, you will obey Him, and you will cleave unto Him, for He is life. And uh, for the length of your days that you will continue to love Him. He said, because this is a promise that I promised unto Abraham and to Isaac and to Jacob. I promised them this land. But even at the borders, I still, after 40 years of wandering in the wilderness, after seeing the miracles, after... Uh, seeing what God has done after hearing how that God delivered them out of Egypt, their fathers out of Egypt. Only a few of them survived to even go into the promised land. But he said, I want to remind you that you still need to make a choice in life. Amen. Life is full of choices. Life is full of choices. Every day we make choices. And sometimes we don't even realize, but we are making choices that would affect our life for the rest of our life. So it's important that we make the right choice. We must, we must make choices based upon biblical principles if we want to have the right choices to be made in our life. We're not smart enough to do things on our own. Amen. There's a lot that has come against the Constitution of the United States. And I feel that one reason why they dislike the Constitution so much is it is based upon biblical principles. Although the men that wrote it were not all godly men, but they were God 
God-fearing men that knew who God was and respected and reverenced the written Word of God. And so they based the writings upon them. So we are living in a society today that tries to destroy that fact. Amen. But if we want to be, if we want to be successful in life, if we want to have the blessings of God upon our life, if we want to be what God wants us to be, if we want to be healthy, wealthy, and wise, we need to base our choices upon biblical principles. There's still some do's and don'ts that's written in the Word of God. Amen. I said there's still some do's and don'ts that's written in the Word of God. Amen. A lot is being said this week uh, in particular about a decision that they have made over in Houston. Now, this is not New York, and uh, this is not the left coast, which is known as California. This is not where all the liberals uh, live, but this is in the conservative state of Texas, one of the most conservative states in the union. The mayor of, of, um, of Houston has decided to, to force a people a bill. And they passed a bill that some preachers got together and uh, they didn't like the bill. So they got enough signatures together to have another vote. And uh, they didn't like that. So they have subpoenaed all of these, these preachers' sermons to see if they have said anything about homosexuality or anything about anything that they don't want them to say anything about. Amen. I promise you, since that has happened, uh, it has crossed my mind to take my sermons off of the Internet. But because they're still going to hear that because it's still Bible principles. We're still a Bible-believing people. Amen. The Bible still teaches against it. It teaches that it is an abomination in the sight of the Lord. He made them male and female. He put a male and a female together in the Garden of Eden from animals on. Most animals have more sense than humans. Amen. But that's the way that God created man. He created a man to be attracted to a woman. Now, boys, listen at me. If you're attracted to another boy, something is bad messed up. That's not normal. Ladies, if you're attracted to another female, something is not normal. They might call it normal in society, but it's still not normal. Amen. 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 You are not born that way. You're not born that way. You made a choice to be that way. That might cross some of your theories and ideas and opinions, but read the Bible. God gave them over. God turned them over to a reprobate mind. Sexual lust and desires is never satisfied. It only craves more. And it leads to destruction of homes. 
It leads to destruction of families. It leads to destruction of countries. It's, lead, it's led to the destruction of empires. And I want to tell you, if we're going to do the right thing, America better get back to basing their choices on biblical principles. We need to put the Bible back in our homes. We need to put the Bible back in our workplace. We need to put the Bible back in our schools. We need to put the Bible back in our colleges. We need to take the Bible and say, Hey, look, we need to get back to the basics of life. And this is the basics of life. It's the right choice to make. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Well, I thought pretty much everybody believed that, but I guess... I guess we're a little bit confused on what we believe, but I want to tell you, there's some choices that we are making that is carrying us down the wrong road and making the wrong choices is destroying this society. God help America. Amen. God help us to get back to what we were founded on. Amen. This was a country that was built because people wanted to worship God of their choice. Amen. 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 Praise God. That's not what I come to preach about. That is not in my notes, so I'll try to get back. But it's still about choices. Making the right choice. Doing the right thing. Amen. Life is full of choices. Let's base our choices on biblical principles. Amen. I have made choices in my life. From, from uh, the very time that I can remember, my life has been full of choices, making decisions. And, and uh, I want to tell you, until I got out of my parents' house, I didn't have to make a lot of choices. They were made for me. When I was going to get up, when I was going to go to bed, where I was going to go through the day. Amen. I, I, uh, I can remember uh, sharing this. I, I know I've said this before, but I'll say it again, probably say it again before we're all done. But, but I can remember after I got married, I'd moved out. I'd been evangelizing and uh, was, was married. I, in fact, I believe I had, uh, I think Tammy was already born. And uh, I, was, I was in, in uh, uh, let's see, Iowa hunting with my daddy and my brothers and brother-in-law and some more people and and i was in his we was, we was riding in his vehicle and one night we come into the motel this is about choices a lot of things i didn't have to worry about because this is going to be made for me we come into the motel it was about seven thirty at night and uh, i wasn't ready to go to bed and uh, daddy was laying there i said hey uh let me see your keys i'm gonna run over to the walmart he said what do you need to go to walmart for I said, really nothing. He said, you don't have no business at Walmart. If you don't need something, there's no reason to go. You'll just get in trouble at Walmart. I said, all right. And I got to thinking, I said, now, Daddy. I said, now, let's reason together here. I'm, I'm 25 years old. I make my own living. And uh, I'm married. I've got children of my own. Can't I make the choice to go to Walmart if I'd like to? He said, I just don't see no reason you need to go to Walmart. If you don't need to buy anything, you don't need to go. But after kind of reasoning together, he looked at me and said, Well, I guess you can go on to Walmart. I said, Thank you very much. I appreciate you allowing me to go to Walmart. 
I said, when I'm at home, I don't call you and ask you if I can go to Walmart or not. But see, some choices, and I want to tell you, parents, let me, let me, now I'm not trying to raise your kids, but I am, I am a preacher and I am a pastor, but let me offer you some advice. There's some things that you need to make the choice for them. That's week two, but that's still biblical principles that we base choices upon. There's sometimes you need to say, no, you're not going to do that. No, you're not going to have that. No, you're not going to go there. No, you're not going to hang out with them. Because you don't have the ability to make the right choice right now, so I'm going to save you that problem of choice, and I'm just going to make it for you. And we're all going to be a happy family and get along. But I tell you, if you allow them to make their own choices, they're going to mess up their life at an early age. Don't... <laughs> Uh, let me go on. Let me skip over that. The, something just jumped on my mind I probably don't want to get into. But we're talking about right choices. Right choices that we make in life. Amen. I have made some terrible decisions in life. I have, I have uh, failed in a lot of things that I've made wrong choices at. But I am thankful for the times that I've made right choices. We look in the Word of God at Joshua chapter 24 again. The leader of God's people is getting ready to move off of the scene and he is leaving them in the hands of another. And Joshua, just like Moses, he served the people up with choices. He said, still, serving God is still a choice. It's still about a decision that you're going to make. In Joshua chapter 24 and verse number 15, he said, And if it seem evil unto you to serve the Lord, choose you this day, whom you will serve. Make a choice on who you're going to serve. Rather the gods which were uh, your which your father served that was on the other side of the flood are the gods of the Amorites in whose land ye now dwell. And, and he is speaking to them after they have conquered the land, after they have come in and they have possessed the land. Many years after Moses had made practically the same statement going into the promised land, still he says, after we have conquered, after God has given it to us, after we have seen the blessings of God and the miracles of God, some of you still need to make the choice of whom ye will serve. But I like what Joshua said. He says, but as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Amen. Joshua said you can do what you want to do. But as for me, and I'm speaking for my household, I am going to serve God. I'm going to make the right choice. I'm going to do the right decision. I'm going to make the right decision. I'm going to do the right thing. I wonder today, is there anybody in the house of God that has made that choice? That as for me and for my house, amen, I'm going to serve the Lord. I'm going to live for God. I'm going to be what God wants me to be. I'm going to be faithful to God. I'm going to be committed to God. I'm going to serve Him with my whole heart. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. 
I look at the, the, the word concerning the Hebrew servant. Amen. We have heard this preached about. I've preached about it many a times. I've heard Brother Duplessis preach about it many a times. But the Hebrew servant, the law concerning the Hebrew servant says in Exodus chapter 2, verses 1, or, or chapter 21, verses is 1 through 6. It says, Now these are the judgments which shall be set before them. If thou buy an Hebrew servant, Six years shall he serve, and seven he shall go out free for nothing. If he came in by himself, he shall go out by himself. If he were married, then his wife shall go out with him. If his master have given him a wife, and she have born sons and daughters, the wife and her children shall uh, shall be her master. Somebody needs to quit using their cell phone. And he shall go out by himself. And it, if the servant shall plainly say... That didn't say that. That's My mic is cutting out. But the servant shall plainly say, I love my master, my wife, and my children. I will not go out free... Then his master shall take him unto the judges. He shall also bring him to the door or doorpost. And his master shall bore his ear through with an awl. And his master and he shall serve his master forever. Amen. What the scripture is saying here, if you have a Hebrew servant and he's come in by himself, and when he enters into your house and he's become your servant and he works for you, and you've given him a wife, and then his wife has brought him children into the world. At the sixth year he must make a choice of what he's going to do in life. But if he makes the choice and he says, I love my wife, I love my children, and I love my master. The master is going to take him and he's going to make a lifelong commitment. I want to tell you when I think about the choices that I made in life, the best choice that I ever made was when I went to my master and I said, I love my master. I'm going to serve my master. I'm going to dedicate to my master. I'm going to live for my master. I'm going to faithfully commit to my master. I'm talking about good choices that we have made in life. Amen. Amen. I want every young person, I want every, every young married person that is raising a family, if you are currently at the age of raising a family, I want you to sit up and pay close attention to what I've got to say right now. Now the Scripture said if you come in by yourself, if you choose to leave, you're going to leave by yourself. But I have seen people come into the house of God that did not have anything. They didn't have a job. They didn't have a car. They didn't have a home. They didn't have a wife. They didn't have children. Amen. And I've seen God's blessings be upon them. And God blesses them with the job. God blesses them with the wife. God blesses them with the family. God blesses them with the finer things in life. And all of a 
of a sudden they don't have enough time for God. Now you listen at me, young people. I'm about to preach to you. Amen. You've got too much time worrying about God's blessings and what God has blessed you with to be faithful and committed to the house of God. But I want to ask some young married person. Amen. Is it worth raising your family in the house of God this morning? Amen. Is it worth committing to God and say, God, you've been good to me. God, I don't find any fault in you. God, I don't want to walk out on you. God, I don't want to throw in the towel. God, but I want to be taken to the doorpost. I want to be marked for life. Hallelujah. 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 Amen. It's all right to vacation. It's all right to vacation. It's all right to hunt. It's all right to fish. It's all right to shop. Amen. It's all right to get tired every once in a while. But I want to tell you when we're hunting excuses to stay out of the house of God, can I remind you God's not pleased with it. You need to make some choices while your children are young and bring them up and say, I'm going to be faithful. I'm going to be faithful. I'm going to be committed. I'm buying in to this thing. I'm not standing on the edge. I'm not standing on the boundary line. But I'm jumping in. Take me. Take me to the doorpost and mark me for life. You're not hearing me this morning. Amen. I want to tell you, Johnny and Susie's not going to be eight years old all their life. But they're going to turn 13 one day. They're going to turn 16 one day. And it's going to come time where Johnny and Susie is going to be making choices. And you're going to say, oh, man, we got church tonight. You can't go to the ball game tonight. We got church tonight. You can't go out and hang out with your friends tonight. I want to tell you it's time now while they're young to make the choice. God, I want to make some right choices in my life. I want to do the right thing in my life. I want to commit, take me, and mark me for life. February. 1989, on a Thursday night, I made one of the best choices I've ever made in life. I was sitting on the second seat from where the pulpit is, it would be to my left, about where Brother Jerry Ishcomer sits. And I was sitting there, and the Holy Ghost began to move, and people began to pray. And I was in the valley of decision. But I made the right choice. And I walked up to an altar of repentance. And I repented before God. And God filled me with the Holy Ghost. I was like the children of Israel. I was raised in it all my life. It's all I ever knew. But I had never made the choice myself. I was made to go to church I didn't have a choice. I was made to dress right. I didn't have a choice. I was made to come up front when everybody was up front. 
I didn't have a choice. Amen. I was made to be faithful in revival. I didn't have a choice. I was made to go to the prayer room. I didn't have a choice. It's just what I did. I was made to set up and pay attention and look enthused in church. And my mind was a million miles away. But I didn't have a choice. But one day I made the choice. And I said, God, I want you to take me to the doorpost. I want you to do something in my life. And from that moment on, I have never been the same. There's something bit different about me. Amen. Good choices that are made in life. I want to tell you today the best choice that you will ever make in your life is not your job decision. It's not your career decision. It's not on what kind of car that you're going to drive. But it's a choice that you make that I'm going to serve God. That I'm going to be what God wants me to be. That I'm going to dedicate and consecrate my life to God. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. I don't know if you came to hear it this morning, but I came to preach to somebody today. Amen. I come to preach to somebody today. Amen. I want to tell you, saints of God, as we look at these elders that have served God for years. Amen. Some 30, some 40, some 50 years, some 25 years ago for myself. And it don't even seem like I'm 25 years old. And I know it don't look like I'm 25 years old. But it was a choice that I made that some said he won't ever make it. Some said he he won't ever do it. My daddy said when he walked down the center aisle at 16 years old from receiving the gift of the Holy Ghost, that two dear sisters looked and they said, I've seen them jig in and I've seen them jig out. It won't be long till he jigs out of here. Amen. But what they didn't know, that he went to the doorpost, that he laid his ear down there and he said, bore it through. I want to change in life. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. I wonder if anybody in this house this morning has ever been to the doorpost. Have you ever had a change? Oh, my Lord, help us today. Help us today. Help us today, Holy Ghost. 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 Oh, God, help us to make the right choices. Oh, God, help us to do the right thing. Oh, God, help us to be what you want us to be. The right choices in life. Some 45 years later, evangelizing, building, I think four or three church buildings there, another one in another city. I don't know how many across this country that he had a hand in building. He went on to meet his reward at 61 years old. I've seen them jig in, and I've seen them jig out. But what they didn't know was the choice had already been made. 
I want to tell you, when you go to the doorpost with God, there is something that forever changes in your spirit. There's something that forever changes in your mind. There's something that forever changes in your body. There's a different look that comes about you. There's a different gait to your step. Amen. There's a different mindset to your thinking. The problem is some people has got an experience but never went to the doorpost. Some people's got a touch from God. I want to tell you the reason why people can come in and feel the glory of God. We can baptize them. They can shout for about three weeks and then go out. It's because they got a touch from the Lord, but they never really went to the doorpost and said, Hey, I'm going to go ahead and commit. You don't have to worry about me. I want to tell you, when you've been to the doorpost, the preacher don't have to call you and jack you up. The preacher don't have to call you and encourage you. Amen. The, the saints don't don't have to come by and say, oh boy, ain't they doing good? No, because it's about a choice that I've already made. Does anybody hear me this morning? It's about a choice that I've already made. It's about a decision that's already been written in stone. You can go out if you want to. This is not the Hotel California. You can come in, but you can leave. You can get an experience. You can talk in tongues and never come back. You can touch God and never move beyond that. But I want to tell you, if you're going to make the choice to serve God, you're going to have to go to the doorpost. And you're going to have to make some commitments. And that commitment will bring you back on Sunday night. That commitment will keep you faithful to the house of God on Wednesday night. I want you, all of all of you, all of you people that's raising families, you listen to me very close. You listen to the pastor this morning. Amen. I come to encourage you, but I come to warn you too. Amen. Go ahead and be lax in your, your dedication to God. Go ahead and be lax in your prayer life. Go ahead and be lax in your commitment to the work of God. Go ahead and be lax in your faithfulness to the house of God. We can become just like every other denomination and start closing our doors on midweek services and closing our doors on Sunday night. But I want to tell you the real saints of God that's really been marked, that's been to the doorpost, that said, if you have it three days a week, I'm going to be there three days a week. If you have it... All seven days a week. I'm not too tired. I may be down in my body, but there's something about a commitment. There's something about the choice that I've made in life. There's something about the choice. I've been to the doorpost. I've been to the doorpost. I've been to the doorpost. You look at the denominal world, you look at Pentecostal churches. It wasn't the choice of the pastor to stop serving on Sunday night. It wasn't the choice of the pastor to start having sale meetings on midweek services. It was the choice of the people. And the pastor gets blamed for it. Because if the people don't show up, what's the use of even opening the doors?
what happens is we got a lot of people that's in it for the fluff. They're in it for the travel. They're in it for the enjoyment. They're in it for the entertainment. But they've never been to the doorpost. And they've never made the choice. It says, I know it's going to hurt. I know it's not going to feel good. I know it's going to change the way I look. I know it's going to give me a whole different identity. When I go to school, I'm going to look different. When I go to work, I'm going to look different. When I go to the mall, I'm going to look different. Thank God. Amen. But I've been to the doorpost. I've already been there. There's something that happened. There's something that changed. There's something that moved in my spirit. There's something that got a hold of me. I'm not who I used to be. Amen. I may not be what I want to be. But thank God, I'm a long way from what I used to be. Choices. Choice. Good choices. I come today to try to encourage somebody to look at your life today. Make good choices in life. If it come to the music, I'm getting ready to close. When little Johnny and Susie is... 13, 16, 18, the die is already cast. I've been here long enough, I see it playing out in people's life. I comment on this group of young people continually. I hate to to discourage the ones here that has gone on before them. But I look at them, and I hate to even say this because trouble will occur, but I think we ought to brag on people that does good. Up until this point, this has been one of the best groups that I've had the opportunity to work with most committed they want to worship God they want to be what God wants them to be oh yeah they have problems but you know what I told them the other day in Sunday school class I said when I look at each and every one of you just about every one of you has parents that has been totally committed that has been dedicated that has lived the life before you, that has been faithful, and it's made a difference in these young people's lives. So when they get 13 and 16, brother, the die has been cast. I have looked at those who have been uncommitted to faithfulness to the house of God. And I'm, I'm, not, I'm not working anybody's hide over. I'm trying to wake you up today and help you to realize what's going on and what's happening. 
But I've watched it passed on from generation to generation. And I see them, when they get old enough, they back away. They're not faithful to the house of God. And parents would say, I try to tell them, I try to tell them. You ever heard the old saying, it don't matter what you say, it matters what you do. Choices, the right choices. For all of you who miss Wednesday night, you miss someone receiving the gift of the Holy Ghost Wednesday night. I'm glad I made the choice to go to the doorpost. I'm glad I made the choice to serve God. I've made some bad choices in my life. But when I made the choice to serve God, I found happiness in the house of God. I found the love of my life in the house of God. I found my children in the house of God. I found financial blessings in the house of God. You take church away from me, and I'm just like Samson. When he told Delilah, said, the strength is in my hair. It's a covenant that I've made before I was born. If you cut off my hair, I'll be as weak as any other man. You take church away from me. I don't have a a God. Foremost, I don't have a wife. I don't have children. I don't have houses. I don't have land. don't even have a job if you take church away from me. I was talking to Brother Jerry one day. I don't see him in here right now. I guess this is free to say. If it's not... He can tell me he wished I wouldn't have said it afterwards. But he told me, he said, when I come to church, he said, I was sleeping under a bridge. I didn't have a job. He said, I prayed that God would give me a desire to work. And he said, God did and God blessed me. Now he's got a home. Talking about you, Brother Jerry, you better come in here. He's got a family. My Lord, as old as he's got, he's got a brand new baby. 
You take church away from me, I'm a miserable creature. Whatever you do, God. David said, I was glad when they said unto me, I was glad they've kept me out long enough. Some say it's because of past sins in David's life that he was not able to even go into the house of God. But finally the generation passed. And he said, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. I was glad when it got to be church time. I was glad for the opportunity to lift my hands in the presence of the Lord. Let's all stand this morning. Everybody stand. Lift your hands. Lift your voice toward God. I wonder right now. I wonder right now, is anybody in this place want to step out? I wonder if there's a young couple, a young family that would like to step out and say, God, I want to go to the doorpost. God, I want another touch. God, bore my ear through. Mark me for life. Change me for life. Do a work in my life. God, I wonder, I wonder right now, would you step out from where you're standing? Would you make your way to this front and say, here I am, here I am, God. Do it. Don't wait on your neighbor. Don't wait on somebody else. Don't wait on the one next to you. But say, God.